Hey, what fun stuff. What are we playing? You are playing the division. Unless you don't want to play. I'll the play division. the division. Sure. You win. I was uh, I was surprised to wake up this morning and see a bunch of people be like playing division. I'm like divisions out. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, came out yesterday. Okay. I guess. People, people. <clears throat> lo and behold, on launch night, the servers were not ironclad, but they wow. seem to be working now. Who'd have thought? Huh. See if this thing connects. Nice. Did you already do the UB setup and all that mm -hmm. stuff? Nice. Yep, I learned my lesson. Yes, you did. Oh, you're gonna play with, with controller? Really? Oh uh, yeah. That's your mouse keyboard man. Um, actually, I don't know. I mean, for podcasts, you usually like the controller. Oh, that's true. Okay. And you can pass it around. Shut up. <laughs> So you're gonna be playing on my account, so level me up real good. Sure. Real good. I'll do what I can. By the way, we might be doing an interview on this, so... An interview? In review. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Shit, so, so I should be playing it. Yeah, I, um, I got I got some lines in the water in that regard. <gasps> uh, oh! Wow, it looks like you. Here, you wanna do a clap sync? Sure. Ready? Mm. One, two, three. On, on continue game. Yep, there it is. Um, if you can... Hmm, can you make a new character? I'll just watch. Yeah. I'll watch you play, and then we'll... We've seen- the character creator is not the deepest We'll thing. review the game. It's funny, have you seen, like, the full character creators? The first thing he does is shuts a car door, and then you look at your reflection in the window to make your character? Mm. God damn it, Ubisoft. They grabbed onto that- that proto-meme as hard as they Well, could. everybody talked about it, and we- and we made it sort of a meme in our gameplay. Yeah. And then, they quoted us. <gasps> yeah, we're real game journalism. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, oh, well, fuck it. Welcome to a- Welcome to a snowy division-y bowl of dude soup. <laughs> fuck it, I like to use the fuck it at the beginning. Yeah. Uh... It's- so that- that- we'll get into that later, the changing face of games journalism. Uh-huh. Uh, but first, we should mention that this podcast is sponsored by two very fine sponsors. YouTube Red, which Ooh. is a fantastic service, and Audible, also a fantastic service. Both of which you can- you can look at puppies roll around, and then you can read uh, or listen to a work of fine art. What a world we live in. So thank you, YouTube Red and Audible, we'll hear more from them later. Uh, gosh, yeah, close the door. Get get that you play achieve. Come on, there you yeah. go, buddy. Achieve Shut unlock. that door. Close all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Man, are, you, are you all right? You're exploding over there. <laughs> um, fucking Omar's Omar's nuclear coffee is. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's punching its way through my stomach. Right <laughs> Maybe Omar hates you. No, Omar <laughs> loves me. That coffee is amazing. Uh, it's got a good flavor too. By uh, okay, so we got a couple of. Couple of of news stories off the top. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, we can go with the newsy newsiest one first. Okay. Guys, Fallout Five. I saw I saw this. this Hyper morning. confirmed. Yeah, Bruce, you're the one who sent it. Wait, to I, Hyper confirmed. I, I, like double it, confirmed. It's a it's a voice actor basically talking about Fallout Five. Yeah. And blowing the internet up. You want me to already? Here, I'll go through all the the details of it. Please do. So, um, <clears throat> somebody, some a writer for FragHero.com captured captured the Instagram comments before they were deleted, and they were deleted pretty quickly. But, uh, and I apologize for reporting this, because I know when I do this, I'm basically bringing more attention to somebody who accidentally fucked up. Just yeah. Hey, take you a want seat. Come on, get in here. I hadn't heard this. Yeah, get in yeah. here. I mean, it's... I was on a plane. You could... It's... It's... The, the punchline of the story is, well, no shit, but... Um... <laughs> Brian Alosio, he, uh, he's the voice actor for Deacon in Fallout 4. Um... He, he, like, mistook his character for Zeke in, like, a voice acting montage. Uh, because they look nearly identical. Mm -hmm. uh, but regardless, so he, somebody was like, hey, that's not Deacon, that's the other character. He was like, okay, oops, my bad. And then responded to somebody saying, um, yeah, that slipped by me somehow, Them, the sunglasses and dark hair, Zeke. Seriously, though, I appreciate that. It'd be very helpful to gather more followers for the Fantastic Fallout 4 tribe here. Internally, there is a movement gearing up pre-production on Fallout 5, or FO5. Mm -mm. 
And then he writes sh in parentheses. Obviously, I can't get into any details at all right now, but it will be a very interesting journey moving forward. Like so essentially, years from now, yeah, no. basically, yeah, he, I mean, all, all he did is say Fallout 5 is starting pre-production, which you could have assumed because it's a huge, it's a huge franchise. Yeah. These games take years to make. At the same time, though, I mean, like, this is the first we've heard of this. It is. Uh, and like, you know, who knows? I mean, Bethesda might, might have said like, in, internally said, well, we're going to take a break. We're gonna take a break and not make Fallout. We'll do we'll do Skyrim instead or whatever. Not Skyrim. Elder, Elder Scrolls. Six. I mean, they're probably doing both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that can be assumed. They probably have enough staff to be. They're probably in pre-production on Fallout Five. They're probably in production on Elder Scrolls Six. And God, I hope. I really hope they have a side team doing a third thing that's not either of those. Hmm. It would be nice to have them make a game that isn't one of their banner franchises, or just like I want them to make something that's just not an open-world fuck-around game. But that's just me. Oh, you're gonna division somebody? Boom! <laughs> oh yeah, it's an RPG. Jeff, did you play Fallout 4? Uh, I beat it. Oh, you yeah, did? Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. What, uh, yeah. what faction did you side with? Well, okay, so I read that... Uh, oh, that's just the story. There we go. I read that the Institute is the lamest ending. Is it? Is what they say, and so I wanted to... Uh, I want to do uh, Institute. Apparently everybody hates you when you go Institute. I wanted to uh, end up with the best possible playthrough, okay. knowing that I'm gonna go through every ending for achievements. Mm -hmm. So I did the Institute first, and then I beat the game and, re and realized I beat the game and there was no reason to play it again. So I stopped. How about that? But, uh, so I ended up with the lamest ending, and uh, and that's where we are. So, but, DLC this month, so I'll, I'll be back. Shit, yeah. I, I took, I had a stopping point, because I think I fucked the game up, and I sided with every, uh, You can faction. do that? Kind of. Yeah, mm. and so, so like, you're just bouncing around doing the story quests in, like, a triangle? Well, because there's a point, um, I'll try to avoid any huge spoilers, because the, the, the twist is kind of cool. I just said there's a twist, I spoiled it. Oh no, I didn't know there was a twist. <laughs> Sorry. Do I, I need to reinstall the game, Adam? I always, I hate that, no, I always, yeah, kind of. Is there, it really worth playing, because, man, I get bored. There, there's kind of a cool part that fucks with your head a little bit, okay. and I, I liked it. There's a few of them, I think you, there's the one, it starts out when you go in the dude's head and he sees yeah, memories. Yeah, that was alright. It's slightly after that, spoilers. but, like, yeah, they, they kind of do some spoilers. They do some time stuff that's kind of cool. So, and like, yeah. But. So Lawrence, you stopped playing. Yeah, I just I. Where, what, at what point in the game did you stop? Uh, so, I guess spoilers or whatever. But so you're you're trying to get to the institute. <laughs> yeah. The game's been out since October. You have to take out a courser, a striker, a super robot, whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that, and I got his robot brain, and and then they're like, okay, now we can transport you to the institute, and I was just like, I don't care. Oh wow. I, I the game is. To me, it was fundamentally boring because I would, everywhere I went, I would play exactly the same way. I have a, I had like a melee character, so I would just sprint at somebody, punch them, sprint at the next guy, punch them, wander around, look for the ramp up to the next level, open a thing, get some lockpicks, punch everybody, and then leave the building. As opposed to the depth of say a division where you I shoot, shoot a guy in the head. I haven't played the division yet, so I shoot the other guy in the head. And... No, I so I'm not I'm not. Guy, I'm gonna shoot this guy in the elbow. <laughs> I'm not saying I like the division variety. either. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a question of variety, really. It's more I, I want a game to present me with gameplay scenarios that make me think and react, as opposed mm -hmm. to Fallout 4, which is just run directly at every enemy and kill them. So if if <laughs> sure, yeah, that, that's that's definitely a way to play it. Um, now, I, I guess I could put up the difficulty. You could. Uh, there are a lot of moral quandaries that you're left with in Fallout. That requires you buying into the character later right? into the game. Yeah. If you have, you know, it, just for just for shits and giggles, if you wanted to just do the story mode and skip all the ancillary stuff, you could probably beat it in like six hours. That's yeah, I've heard of and it's you're really already campaign. over halfway through the game where you are. Yeah. Well, fuck. Okay. I should just I should just take an you take could, an evening and knock it you out. You could then. barrel through in one sit one sitting. It's, maybe maybe two. It's weird because <laughs> I I've kind of held off on this video game because I loved Fallout Three so much. 
that I was afraid that if I got into Fallout 4, I just wouldn't stop playing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd end up just playing three or four hours every night for, you know, three weeks. And I, I didn't want to do that because I was I wanted to have an evening to myself occasionally. Uh, so, is it, I mean, is it honestly worth picking up and playing this game, like, and trying to blast through it in six hours, or should I, you know, should I take my time? Yeah. Blasting through it, I think, is is the opposite of what the game is intended to be experienced. That's what sure. I thought. Yeah, sure. I thought I thought that it kind of wants you to like wander around and find different things. I thought that was the appeal. Of Fallout. It's like there's a lot there. They're, well, they're like, here's the story. This is just the thing that keeps you going. But then you're like, oh, what's that out there? And then you end up doing ten thousand different things that you didn't think you were going to do, and you end up building a settlement. Not because you really, I mean, not because <laughs> you have to, but because you kind of want to. Hmm. So oh. the ge- the general complaint is it's not as good as Fallout Three. Man. I never beat Fallout 3 because I did the thing where, like, I had to go to an event or something, and I put it down. And then, like, then your kid gets sick, and then you have to take your car to the shop. And you look up, and it's been, like, two weeks. Yeah. And you pick up a controller, and you go, right of the That's what I'm doing. I've n- I, it's like it's the first time it's ever been in your hands. Yeah. yeah. Fallout's like that. And so I... Yeah. yeah. I mean, Fallout 3 was great. I played 120 hours of that game. Uh, and it's weird to me that I did not play Fallout 4 at all yet. So you're older. I yeah. put a cons- what I felt was a decent amount of time into Fallout 4... And I think I'm in like in the 35 to 40 hour range. Okay, so. that's valid. I mean, that's t- and I felt like I got a lot out of the game. Yeah, I was gonna say that's valid. That's that's probably about the time that you could start actually, you know, giving your really really good opinion of, uh, on the game. Yeah. Like Lawrence, what did you play? Three hours? Four hours? No, God, no. Um, no, I was about 45 50 hour mark. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Fallout 4. <laughs> yeah, no, Fallout 4. You played 50 hours of Fallout 4 and I, I tried to like halfway it. through? Yeah, I just got bored. Oh, wow. I, th- that's, the same thing happened with Skyrim. I played that game for 60 hours. I didn't have a whole lot of fun in any of those 60 hours. <laughs> but everyone loved it, so I was determined to figure out I'm, what was going I'm on. I'm with you in Skyrim. Yeah. Well, they're practically the same game. They're very similar. They're very similar games. Fallout has guns? Fallout has guns. It's like Great. Skyrim. I'll say different, different <laughs> settings. Almost. You guys can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> the, the thing that bugs me is, uh, it hit me in Skyrim and it's hitting me even more in Fallout 4, is that if I ever do a quest or inter- interact with an NPC, I can basically see the like dev tools behind what's going on. <laughs> I can see the NPC walk, hit their node, rotate in place, walk to the next thing, <laughs> turn around and stare at you and wait for you to come up and talk to them so the flowchart happens. The flowchart, by the way, is just two, it's either yes or no. And then Lawrence thinks he can program the game. <laughs> I've made games before. I, I'm not. Listen, the the value of Fallout is the the volume of content, not right. the not the uh, realistic, spectacular well, depth of any. I was gonna say if yeah. you if you like the aesthetic, though, if you like it is the, a very pretty game. If you like the world, if you like the the doo-wop kind of 1950s like retro future, if you're into that, like that's that's kind of nice, right? Yeah, but that again, you, after a while, you've seen all the assets. Um, like, you know, you go into a building and it's the same tile set as the building you were in two two buildings ago. I'm sure, the layout's a little different, well, but it's still the, the, the same. The was pretty unique. I haven't been there yet. So <laughs> I, I will side with Lawrence on this one. That was one of the reasons, initially, even before playing Fallout 4, that kind of turned me off. It was like, well, it just looks like Fallout 3, only a little prettier, a little, like, brighter. It's a little and, more fundamentally. And I wanted something different. Yeah. Um, I wanted something a little more, not even to, to a larger scale, just just a different game. Uh, and it, it, I know this is the worst complaint in the world. Different but the same, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like it's like a it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. You want a movie that's immediately identifiable but also unique, and uh, like just generally a good film that's that I think expands your creative horizons. And I didn't feel like Fallout Four did that. Uh, just from looking, I haven't played it yet. Just just from looking. Hmm. I don't know. That's just those those aren't complaints. They're just observations. I think for what I'm waiting for, and this may already be out, I haven't even looked for it, but um, 
I'm looking for a mod. Like, Skyrim got more interesting to me when there was, like, a Greater Needs mod. That meant you had to eat, you had to drink water, you had to sleep, and you had, like, body temperature that you had to, to maintain, so... If you were, like, in a town, and there was- there's that quest in Fallout where you have to go to the top of the mountain and get your dragon shot for the first time. Um, with that mod installed, I had to, like, look at the map, see how far it was, stock up on food, stock up on water, Ugh. go, like, make camp every so often. That sounds really boring. Uh, this is how I- this is how you escape reality? Yeah. <laughs> but at least- at least it- it made me think, as opposed so... to just turning on auto-run and, like, <laughs> just using my mouse to point my- my dude in the right direction until I hit the marker. And they're like, you are the hero of fate, how did you get here? I turn on auto-run, and then I just got here. So you'll be happy to know that there's a... In the DLC, there's a survival mode. Yeah, that, I've heard yeah, about that. They're implementing. It sounds like... It takes all the fun that you were looking to get rid of out of the game. I'm yeah. No! Sorry, I wanted to be a game! With Sorry a, your magic game wasn't real enough. drinking simulator. That's right. I uh, want... Well, because it creates interesting scenarios. What, like, uh -huh. say in Fallout, you get two-thirds of the way to the next town and you run out of food. And now you have to scrounge, and now you have to make a decision about whether you eat irritated food, oh, or yeah. try to make it your own way. I just want to shoot monsters in the face. Well, it's, uh, that, that, that's interesting or that in a game... Or in this case, minorties and hoodies. That's interesting. <laughs> that's mostly what it seems to be. They had a box. It's, it's interesting that a game can be two things to two people, though. Yeah, well... Yeah. So that, I think that, that, in my opinion, is a mark of a really good game and a good developer, is that it could oh, be it could be his shoot-monsters-in-the-face simulator, and it could be Lawrence's real-life simulator. Well, it also to or me, it could even be, like, that dude that beat Fallout 4 without, oh, without killing, killing anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, That's, exactly. Like, there are yeah, lots of different saying. ways to play, which is fucking awesome. I would never be that person, but I'm happy that that's there for him. Right, exactly. For that I, one guy. I think that's really cool <laughs> that Bethesda does that kind of shit. Um, anyways, uh, I, we should move on to what... I'm, I'm just curious to see what you guys want in Fallout 5. Uh, because it sounds Minorities like... Minorities and hoodies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I already got it, Bruce. Uh, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of you guys... Because I can't speak to this, but I wanted to see what you guys thought. I would like I would like quests that aren't so linear, not 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 in the traditional sense of linear, but New Vegas was really really good at this. Fallout One and Two were really good at this because they were all made by the same people. But uh, in Fallout Four, you talk to somebody and they they hammer at you, and you can only say yes or no at the end. There is no third option. There is no clever way to like resolve a conflict. Mm. I remember in in Fallout Two, there was like this there was like this scenario we get to sleep with a farmer's daughter. Get to is a weird way to say that. You can. Um, and then like, if you stick around, the dad comes after you, it's and like, you can either kill the dad or run away, and if you run away, then he'll find you in another town, and also, there's like another, it's, there's almost like a Yojimbo city where there's two warring factions, and you can play them against each other, or you can just kill one or the other one, or you can stay out of it. There's a lot of cool, there's a lot of cool scenarios that make you believe for a fleeting second that you're actually making decisions and influencing the world. As opposed to Fallout, where it's go the, kill everything in that building and come back. The primary example you used was sleeping with a farmer's. Daughter. It was the first one that <laughs> came to mind. The first one that comes to mind. Because I, I was fourteen. Like it's finally happening. <laughs> it's finally happening. I got laid, mom. Mom, look. come look. Look at the mess I made. Jeff, what about you? What do you want, Fallout Five? I. <laughs> you know, I hadn't I hadn't considered the sex angle, but I uh... think about it. I mean, the mods are going to be there for that. It's true. Uh, I I. Uh, I a more engrossing story than four. Yep. Yeah. I didn't get. I must admit, I didn't get super emotionally invested to any of the characters or factions did, in four. Did anybody? I actually didn't like any no. of the factions. Nick Valentine was alright. It was always like Nick Valentine. He's, was he's not really a faction though. No, he's a dude. That's and he's a he's a robot. His uh, yeah. his like, you know, like there's a there's a a component to it where if you build up a hundred percent affinity with your uh, companion, you can bang him you out. You get like a well that too, but uh, if you develop a hundred percent affinity with them. Uh, Wait, they, no. uh, <laughs> aside from sex, 
they give you a permanent buff. Like oh, like so uh, kind of like Mass Effect plus fifteen uh, percent success in hacking or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so I was doing that with Nick to get his whatever the fuck his was. Uh, and uh, you after you get to one hundred percent affinity. Then you do a special quest for them, and if you do the special quest, then you get it. And I thought Nick's special quest was really cool because mm-hmm. you were basically solving a two hundred year old murder. Were Were you actually though, or were you just running to the nodes no? And I, was following the evidence? <laughs> I was following, and then Nick Valentine was running after you, saying lines. Just, he actually slammed through some of it. For me. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I videoed it. Lawrence is so jaded. Yeah, I know, and I, I understand that. That's my. I've been playing games for twenty five so years. Uh, yeah, you hit A a lot, and then I solved a crime. And it's it's funny too because. In Fallout 4, and this happened to me in Skyrim as well, I'll go into it thinking, I'm gonna be this kind of character, and you have no liberty to be that. You, you're a yes or a no man. And that's what it gets boiled down to. Well, I, I'm... This is where I'll make the argument for Bethesda. Mm. Uh, the games keep selling better. No, they, yeah, you're right. they keep stripping things away. Mm-hmm. And they're realizing, huh. like, it's just becoming basically a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Grown Ups the movie did pretty well, too. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm not saying that... I, I'm, yeah, all, Grown Ups 2 did. <laughs> oh? Oh, that's, that's they burned out their, true, yeah. burned out their well, goodwill. Yeah. This, this is how I imagine it. There's a game developer, bright-eyed young kid, straight out of UT or whatever, and he's like, Mr. Todd Howard, I have the best quest idea ever, because I, I grew up playing Fallout 2 and I got to sleep with a farmer's daughter, and he goes, yeah, no one's gonna yeah, play Yeah, our that. tools don't support yeah. that. Yeah, we, we found that uh, people play the game for four hours and then stop playing, and uh, who gives a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry, the money's not gonna count itself. Our player's like stacking potatoes in a house. <laughs> <laughs> is your quest about that? Then they, fuck off. They probably have a chart, uh, like a Venn diagram or something at Bethesda, where they're like, here's the guy who's gonna play for lots of hours, here's the guy who plays for a couple hours, then who gives a fuck if there's just a picture of a dollar sign? <laughs> like, Question done. mark, dollar sign. <laughs> Gentlemen, know. our business plan. Yeah. We need 300% less farmer's daughters, more potatoes. Yeah. That's I, what people want. I mean, I'll, I'll say it, I think Fallout 5 should just be a fucking MMO already. I, but they I, tried that. Uh, with what? Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Online? Online? Elder Scrolls yeah. Online was nowhere near what Skyrim was if it had been an MMO. And that, I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Is that, was it? Um, it was, I thought it, it was, was pretty gar- close to the garbage. Elder Scrolls. Ooh, jeez. Um, did you play it? Uh, I did. Wow. And how, I, I, how much did you play it? Like 10 hours. It was just not... <laughs> that's a good amount of time. It wasn't good. And, um, and like, it gets like, good around hour 52. Yeah, right. I know exactly. I love this. This is my it's favorite g- game. It gets good at hour 11. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> hit max level. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> and then it starts. Um, I enjoyed cool. it. It's, it's the same with like, well, how long, how much did you play it? 25 hours maybe. And like, what, like, why'd you stop? I guess. Uh, I stopped, I, I started playing it because my wife wanted to play it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying, and the only time she wants to play games is to go back to WoW. And I'm trying to avoid that. <laughs> uh, I need any more of that in my life. And so I was like, this is like WoW. And we stopped playing it when she stopped having fun. Right, right, mm-hmm. I was, right. Because you were sort of uninvested. Like for me, again, it was like uh, the Old Republic. Like I played the Old Republic, and I thought if if Fallout could take the single player experience, even though Lawrence doesn't like it, the single player experience, and then make that just a portion of the game that is also a much larger MMO, mm-hmm. I think that would be so fucking cool <laughs> if you were upgrading your character, and then you could use that character to interact with millions of other people in the world. Yeah, um, and that's something that I, I feel like everybody says all the time about every Bethesda game, about every Bioware game, about like all these giant open world RPGs is that they just want them to be actual open world MMOs. And uh, I was surprised that Fallout Four didn't advance that further. So I, I'm hoping Fallout Five does. It's weird. I play those games typically to get away from human beings. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I like them because they're kind of like offline MMOs. Well, you, that's the thing. You can play them. Like, Very much you can play the Old Republic that way. Yeah, I played I, it I entirely tried. like online, but at the same time, I never touched another person. I played, I played all the way through the campaign. So I okay, so I tried playing Old Republic. Um, I only played it as like I only played like a, a 
few hours, I don't know, maybe maybe 15 hours, I think, is usually my cutoff for MMOs. And I tried playing it that way, and what took me out of it, I was like, they're like, go kill 15 dewbacks. I was like, alright, I killed 15 dewbacks. There's some other dude out there killing dewbacks, and the dewbacks keep respawning, yeah. because he's in my world, and, and like, where's Skyrim? I kill the mammoth, mammoth's dead. Some dude's not gonna run up, and the mammoth's gonna come back like, sorry, we have to respawn the mammoth, because... <laughs> Uh, Joe Blow 54 is here. <laughs> so that's what actually takes me out of the game. I understand. That makes sense. So that was the thing, and I'm like, my, my Sith Inquisitor is not having a good time. That's valid. I, so I see what you're saying. That, I, if that happened in Fallout, where they're just like, you kill the super mutant, you're the, you're the... You're the best. You're the best. Uh, oh, wait, the other one's here. <laughs> Do it again. Well, I mean, like, the fact of the matter is, if you really want to pull back a little further, like Lauren said, everybody's the Dragonborn, right? Everybody's Dovahkiin. They all run up to the same hill and all get the same dragon shot because they pressed A. So I mean, like, like it's you know, like real, honestly, like it's the same shit. Well, know, like. then the trick is, and a lot of them must do this, is when you enter a like a story zone, you instance people out. So you you cross and you cross a, a yes. borderline. All the players sure. fade away into ghost land, and suddenly you're the one hero for about five minutes. <laughs> um, and then you walk back out into the world, and everybody's dragon shouting everywhere. I think MMOs are a genre on the decline. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that so. they've out—they're outliving their usefulness. Yeah, I think they've—they've they've extended their lifespan with free-to-play, uh, because there are a lot of poor people out there that will put up with a lot of mediocre gameplay if it's free. Well, in games like but Destiny and Division, there's too. a reason. It's there's kind of a twist on that. There's yeah. a reason why nobody's there's been no WoW killer. Yeah, you know, and it's not because the old Republic wasn't a good game. It's because people don't want it. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I think that the I I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say to Bethesda is like Fallout Five can fill that gap in the market. Yeah, um, make it a MOBA. But don't make it a MOBA. <laughs> and in the MOBA. That's uh, oh, jeez. I'm sure that's on the Christ. Um, yeah, no, I, I would like to see... I would like to see a really, really good developer like Bethesda uh, fill that gap in the market with it with an entirely new game. And again, I know. Different yeah. but the same. I, that's, I know that's a very hard complaint. Oh, man. But, How do you think Destiny fits into that? Well, see, De I, think I think Destiny's bridging that gap. It's the modern yeah. MMO. Uh, and, and that's what's so cool about it. Um, and that's why... It's like a tenth of the content, but all the same player hooks that keep people playing every day. Well, it's it's like it's it's Borderlands, but online. I mean, and, and that's like that's what Borderlands was: is that you oh you level up your guns and you go like you know like which itself was just Diablo, which itself um, was just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just the the worlds are getting richer, and the graphics are getting better, and I feel Red like the, the worlds are getting more open. So um, I think I think Destiny's bridging that gap, and I think that I really think Fallout could. Could uh, go even further with that. It could be a, another Destiny, um, or even better, an even better Destiny hmm. with more story and more times to press A. What I <laughs> what I would like, um, and it's it's frustrating because this is, this is what I associate with Fallout. It's supposed to be a brutal world where everybody's shitty, and you ha really have to look after yourself and kind of learn the rules about how to survive. Um, mostly mostly associated with Fallout One and Two, but I think it'd be cool to do a Fallout MMO where it's kind of like the old Ultima Online, where once you go out into the wasteland, there are no rules. And any player character can fuck you up, so you have to be really s kind of scared and on edge. Mm -hmm. It's kind of similar to H one Z one or games like of that. Daisy sounds like yeah, yeah, Daisy, um, or even WoW. The division's working that yeah, WoW with PvP servers. That's the, true. the division is working that in in a sense the uh, the dark zones where where players can just engage you at will and take your shit. It creates some really interesting scenarios where you're facing down other players, wondering if they're as sociopathic as you are, um, and that's cool. That's an interesting experience. That's at least something that's utilizing the fact that it's an MMO. Other than giving you a series of ever slowly moving treadmills to run on, yeah. I just think all the genres are blending. That's they all are. It really is. They it's are, like yeah. it's so. It was. It's funny when people are like, "Is it MMO? Is it first person shooter? Is it third person shooter? Is it like kind of everything? Is it, I guess it's just a video game. 
And there's a horde mode, maybe? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> That's what happens when you focus test. It's one of the things that I've noticed in the last ten years or so is, is game developers are getting really good at zeroing in exactly on what the masses want. Mm. And bizarrely, yeah, it has led to this convergence of game design. Where, like every game, not this one, but a lot of games have active reloads, a lot of games have third-person cover-based mechanics. They all have similar progression systems. I remember the the one... Oh, uh, you went and killed sleep. me, man. Sorry. The one, the one your, series your I saw... character that, sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's, it's, not it's, the, it's not the player. <laughs> the one series I saw that happened fundamentally to was, was Mass Effect. Like, the dialogue system got simplified. Mm. The, the, the People just wanted Gears of War in space. Basically, yeah. And, like, the, the, they added reloads to the second game because people just like reloads. They added melees to the third game because the, people like melees. It became less about... They always had melees. No, it didn't. No, it did not. Okay. Uh oh. I mean, it, it had like, fight, 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 fight. I mean, they added, they added a. a are we fucking talking about Mass Effect one versus two? One versus three, basically. So wait, so three had melee and Th one didn't? Three had the, the laser sword. Mm -hmm. Fucking stupid. Well, yeah, yeah. The I Omni mean, Tool. Yeah. Became it a. It had finisher moves, but uh, fuck me. Don't get blue. Duh. Um, but uh, I feel like the oh. other ones you can just. Don't have you, a. You elbow. Could have an elbow. I would assume that there had to be a melee in Mass Effect two at least. Might have been in two. Two added reload, which I thought was bullshit. I was like, well, they, here's the thing: they had melees, but they were like pretty useless. Well, th there was there was a canon reason there weren't reloads in the game, and I thought that was cool. What was the it reason? Was because they didn't need them anymore. Uh, space guns. Yeah, and so space guns in Mass Effect have this like slug of hyperdense metal inside the gun, and whenever you fire, a laser like shears off some of the metal, compresses it into a bullet, and shoots it out. And because it's using so little actual material every time you fire, you don't really ever need to reload. It was heat that was the problem. Well, that's like the uh, the uh, rifles in Halo, I mean, like the energy rifles. You fire oh. those, and then they overheat. They run out. They run out of batteries, though. So, yeah, but yeah, you're right. They don't. They, they don't, don't have reload, a, though. You're right. They don't have a reload mechanic. Uh, but I thought it was really cool that oh, okay, here's here's what's a third person shooter, but there's something about the world that makes it different, and it's consistent in that way. And then in two, they're like, yeah, whatever. You reload guns now. <laughs> Thermal well, clips. Well, also, the the beginning, the hook of that game was like, you are Mr. Shepard. And you died. Yeah. And now you're back. We recreated you, so make your shepherd again. We're never gonna bring that up again. I still maintain the Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 are dumb. Like, sure. one, all one is not the way dumb. dumb. Ah, like, 2 and 3 got pretty stupid. Like, the, I, I... Sorry, go ahead. Looked like you were gonna say something about I, I think 2 was a great, great game, and 1 and 3 were super mediocre. Well, here's the thing, I think, hmm. those, I, I, I think the games themselves, and by the way, I'm speaking totally out of the blue, because I've never played any of them. Oof. Really? I've uh, never. Oh. And I've only, like, basically I've only watched friends play the, the stories. And the stories are fucking stupid. Like, the... Yeah. The, the first one... Is dumb. It's, it's very it's typical really sci-fi. Um, yeah, but, but... Progenitor like, race... In terms of a game, I can't speak to whether or not the game chosen is Chosen one. I have heard that Mass Effect 2 is the best. Of the... Of the really? Eh. That's what I've... That's what I've heard the same through other people. Um, I think one is aged the best, honestly. One... one had some... Had some problems, though. One, a, a, it was too long. But yeah, that's what I heard. It was boring. Uh... The Mako. The, the the Mako's uh, fucking atrocious. I like the Mako. And uh <laughs> the uh like the weapon system, it, you'd spend like ninety percent of your time in the menus trying to figure out if this gun is better than the last gun. Yeah. And there's no clear way to do it other than like with a pen and paper. That is true. <laughs> um, like it's almost like doing homework to try to figure out which gun to shoot. The PC release helped a lot of that stuff, but yeah, I, I agree. That was before they really figured out RPG interfaces on console. Turns out the solution is just take out take it all away. Yeah. Um <laughs> like why have stats? Who needs them? <laughs> um, that was, I remember around the time Mass Effect 3 was coming out, I went back and replayed them all, and they were all on PC, so I was like, I'll give it a whirl. Um, 
one ages really well on PC. Hmm. For whatever reason, like graphically, the game is really fucking good. So yeah, get that chance. Ridley Scott film grain. Yeah, it was, it was it was good. Very reverent. If I if I ever go insane and have access to uh, video games, then Mass Effect One, Two, and Three will absolutely be on my list, along with Dark Souls and every other punch myself in the you're balls. Saying if you go, <laughs> you're saying if you go crazy and have access, because right. yeah, you, ha you currently have access. You know that. I know, but I'm not crazy. I have right, other things right. to do. So like, if I go crazy and they put me in a padded room with a console, then I'll play them. You, Bruce, you'd like Mass Effect. You'd break the console into pieces. I would do and start that with Dragon Age. I've heard the oh, same man. about Dragon Age, yeah, and this is what I mean. Like, I, Dragon Age Origins we, we is pretty We need to do legit. an ad read. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lawrence. I no, that's apologize. okay. I apologize. I'm going to use this as an opportunity to leave. Oh, okay. Bye-bye. Right. Oh, we were about to talk about dragons and fairies. Have a safe flight. <laughs> See, it's called Dragon Age because there was a... Talk about YouTube or whatever. Yes. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by YouTube Red. Uh, we, we went over a lot, of the, a lot of the benefits and features of YouTube Red last week, so instead I'm going to share a story. Ooh. Um, is that a laser team? No, uh, we have nothing to do with laser team yet. We're in the bloopers, <laughs> I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't. I didn't buy it. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, n I promise this will tie together in the end. So Nintendo, Nintendo showed their Nintendo Direct or whatever, and in that Direct they were showing Star Fox, and there was a brief clip where if you put a stupid Star Fox amiibo on the thing, you get to fly like a Super Nintendo era uh, R wing in the game, mm -hmm. like crappy polygons. It even had the original music. And hearing that music again triggered something deep inside. It woke a beast. Uh -huh. um, namely, it just made me want to listen to Super Nintendo music a lot. Uh -huh. So just just poking around on YouTube, I found like I found like a thirty minute mix of the Corneria theme from Star Fox. But also after watching that, uh, YouTube recommended this like one hour mega mix of a bunch of awesome Super Nintendo tracks. Hmm. So essentially, these people like reorchestrate Super Nintendo music. They'll mix it all together in this huge set, and then it's just a video on YouTube. Um, the good thing about YouTube Red is it has background listening, so you can you can start a video on your phone and the audio will keep playing when you put it to sleep. Uh, so I've been listening to that stuff when I'm working out now, and that's pretty cool because you can't find stuff like that on Spotify that's or true. even Google Play Music. That's a good point. Uh, because you know par it's partially thoroughly copywritten, but there's a lot of really cool like music experiments and music videos and stuff on YouTube that without Red. Yes, there are ways. Well, it's all user-created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's user-created, yeah. uh, theoretically not monetized, but... It's a great advantage. Yes, it's a, it's a really cool way to listen to this, this experimental stuff, or if you just have a weird nostalgia boner for it, you can, check, you can listen to it in the background, but... Uh, I've been enjoying that thoroughly, and it's just it's one of those unintended perks that I'm... As I, as I use Red more and more, I'm kind of figuring out about. Got that nice, nice uh, Gears it. of War roll. Um, but yeah, man, I had, a, I had a pretty good workout last night listening to... Battletoads and Battle Maniacs Mega Mix. Just some pretty good music. And I'm learning about composers now. Apparently, David Wise, I hope I got his name right, the legendary rare composer that basically did all of their soundtracks. Okay. Now he's on ukulele, which has people excited. But yeah, so the background background listening is something that's pretty a pretty cool feature of YouTube Red. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said before, uh, downloads are really cool. I've yes, used, I've used that ways. to fall asleep a number of times, just like yeah. different videos and stuff. I'll download them. Play them and then I'll just fall asleep and then I wake up and the videos are done and it's like or or they'll keep playing the playlist yeah uh, which is which is awesome Fuck one of the no it's a it's perfect one of the things I'm learning is yeah if, if you're savvy let's be honest if you're savvy there are ways you can basically get any paid service for free especially if it's on the internet sure. but it's almost a question of time and I think ten bucks a month especially with a thirty day free trial is uh, is not too much to pay for the raw convenience of having download like legitimately downloaded YouTube videos, background listening, yep. YouTube originals like uh, Laser Team. Yes, you can get it, <laughs> or you can be legitimate and 
chip up chip up ten bucks a month and and uh, make sure that part of that money goes to the creators and enjoy a, a supported legitimate service. So I've like no joke. I I got YouTube Red because I was a Google Play Music subscriber before, so I was already opted in. Um, and I think combining all the red benefits with Google Play Music is That's just awesome. crazy value. Uh, so yeah, you can sign up for YouTube Red, or you can get a uh, first month free uh, by checking the link in our descri- uh, description of this video. Um, and if you like it, it's just $10 a month after that. So, you know, thir- one month free trial, you can check it out. Try out all these all these cool little features and see how it appeals to you. Um, we'd certainly recommend you do that, or I would. Mm-hmm. So thank you, YouTube Red, for sponsoring this. Uh, you, guys sh- you guys should check that shit out. It's basically everything everybody's asked for from YouTube for a long time. Yep. Now officially supported in a service. Except people hate it for some reason. But yeah, thank you YouTube Red. And check that check that link. So we're talking about E3 now, yeah? Uh, sure. Uh, so That's Why? Well, it's, it's been a weird week Adam, for E3. you'll love this. You'll love this. It's, you've been saying it for years. Is E3 over? Go, uh, go yeah, ahead, Lawrence. It's changing for sure. Yay. So <laughs> this, this week... Or rather, last week, Activision and EA announced they're not going to have a floor booth. Nice. Now Disney and Wargaming both said, so no World of Tanks chants anymore. Wow. Those have faded into memory. Now when you walk in, you're just going to hear it echoing through the walls, <laughs> but no, no actual T-shirts getting fired out of a cannon or whatever the hell oh, was going man. on. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but uh, what about booth babes? Are those back? They they got regulated. Yeah, they did. Ah, they got regulated to non-existence. So it's it's weird. The essentially part of E3 is f- fading away very rapidly, almost to the point of not being there anymore. The show floor. Want, want to hear something funny? Yes. yes. Why did it take this long? <laughs> because uh, there's a lot of money in it. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of money. A lot in of it. money in the industry. It's it's weird because video games, for the most part, are um. <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> we live this long in this world and then we're dead. <laughs> we're just standing around yeah. this red barrel. Um. Didn't so do anything wrong. Video, in in my opinion, the video game industry is. Far more progressive than most other similar industries. Uh, that goes for film and comic books and books and everything else. Like, I feel like video, video games have to be the most fluid and change with the times. Agile. And E3, agile is a good word. Um, E3 is a relic that, for whatever reason, still exists. Huh. And it's strange. Like, the, and here's, okay, I enjoy the spectacle. Um, I'm not so much a fan of working the spectacle. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who, on both sides of the industry, who are like, Fuck E3. Yeah. Like, um, a good example is watch the um, uh, the the Bungie documentary where they're making uh, the Halo Two proof of concept video, basically, and they're oh. like, we don't have a game, but we need to make something because it's E3 oh, and yeah. we need to show something. And it's sort of like, just let them make the game, man, and like just just pull a fucking Fallout where it's like, do it on your own time. Yeah, like yeah. when the game's done, uh, let it be. Yep. Like let it speak for itself, and when it, and don't announce it until the the year it's it's coming out, so you don't have to do this. You know, four years of hype. Well, uh, typically, that that. typically that's not the developer's call. Typically, the right. publisher says, publisher, yeah. "We dumped this much money into you. People are expecting to see your game at E3. We got to, we got to have something to show them." Yeah. Or, or people like assholes like us are going to start being like, "Oh, I guess Halo Two is. We didn't see it. It must be in trouble." Yep. You know, it's it's a whole. Well, it's that's business, baby. Yeah, that's, yeah, it is. that's the way it works. I mean, like that's so, and it's like. Uh, on, on one hand, I agree with Adam. It's like you know, just let them, just let them chill and make the game. But also, at the, on the other hand, sometimes there's art through adversity. Mm. Um, sometimes, and not always, not always. Like you don't want to rush out a game, but at the same time, like it, there are deadlines and there are investors to please, and there are like sales numbers that you have to hit. Uh, and this is sort of the well, this is the world we live in currently. Um, so you know, like I, I think sometimes that can make that you know, like what is it? Uh, 
champions are made under pressure. Hmm. Champions are not made because they don't have, you know, like, oh, they got all the time in the world to win. Um, and so, so I, but at the same time, I, I agree with Adam. I was like, you don't want to force the game out. I hear you. I, I think uh, I'm just sick of hype, I guess. That, that makes man, sense. we're in the wrong industry then, because there's yeah. just it's just literally. Oh fuck, you're on fire! Wow, well, you um, nail him right in the head. It's uh like it's just constant hype. Um, yeah. I, I, well, okay. Well, I like hype. A month before something comes out, but yeah, not like, not three years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like Fallout Five, like, like five years. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I like I. I think a year is my good window where it's like, or fucking less than that now. Six what months. I, yeah, no. basically I need them to go, like, here it is, Halo Five. And you can buy it today, and I'm like, yeah, cool, yeah, nice, this yeah. is good. Um, I don't think things, like, I, I like to see things early, obviously, and, like, I think, like, Overwatch is a good way of doing it, where they're like, they have a game. here's the announcement, and you can play it, and it's going to be in beta for a while, yeah. and then it's going to come out, and I'm like, cool, awesome, yeah, like, they, that, that's a cool product. I they like have that. a game. But that's, E3 is just th such an antiquated, just way of doing things. It is. Yeah. It's, it's just odd. Yeah, it well, odd. so... I, I think Adam I can I can speak at least to your first question which is why did it take so long? Yes. Um and this is this is me speaking on behalf of other people so I apologize if you're an E3 event planner or something like that but <laughs> what I found is the reason things don't change is because there are people vested in the status quo. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of people who get paid a lot of money to put on an E3 show and if if the conversation starts happening of like maybe we shouldn't do that this year you can guarantee event somebody's going to bomb that email chain and be like we absolutely have to do it here are all the metrics why because they have to protect their job to some degree, so oh, sure. I think I think the pushback there is kind of a reason why things don't change very quickly, or they're not always so respondent to data or what's efficient. It's like uh, the oil industry. Yeah, you know, I mean, like yeah. that's what the reason electric like they always say electric cars get pushed back twenty years because people have to make money through oil, mm -hmm. and like these are these are infrastructures that are built into our our country and the world, so they're very very hard to get rid of. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I mean, like. It's one of those things that I think E3 is kind of uh, evolving itself out, and I th usually that's the way to do it rather than just like killing it, well, being see, like it's dead. E3 can basically be done in one and a half days, um, maybe two days ish, give or take. You know, I think everyone does a press conference. I think that, I like that. I like the spectacle. Yeah, like the everyone press being like, are awesome. here it is, because then we get to get yeah. you know we the get pageantry. To, yeah, I love that. It's like, <laughs> and here she comes, yeah. <laughs> the new Bioshock. Fuck, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Switch to the video. <laughs> and then I remember for years it was the like, bodies hit the floor. Well, like here it is, the new Call of Duty. And then a guy walks out, stares at the floor with a controller. Yeah. And then it's like, and they keep cutting between him. In the gameplay, and I'm like, you just show the gameplay. Just show man. the game. We don't yeah, care. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo, yeah. Nintendo's been kind of doing and it right. And it's like it's produced well. Right. It's it's generally entertaining. It's not as cringy as right, Mr. Right. Caffeine. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's been interesting to see the the shift. Um, and I I kind of wanted to get into this discussion a little bit because it's bizarre. The more I went to E3, the more I realized there are tiers of experience. The lowest of which is crawling the floor. Uh, mm, yeah. So, so to a degree, the floor was the, always the least important part, despite being the most public-facing part of it. Um, most people that are that are in certain groups of importance go to something called pre-E3, which is silly, it's but essentially, yeah. all the publishers put together these really kind of quiet events where people get to go and play their games without having to wait in line, yep. fight in crowds, and actually ask the devs on hand, like, is this supposed to be this way? What are you doing here? So, anyone that has that is like catered to in that way gets their experience early then they watch the conferences then they produce content around E3 mm -hmm. which is itself kind of silly so the the like the the show floor which I did a lot when I was writing for free blogs and stuff 
is it's a melee. Like you'll you'll go out there and wait two and a half hours in line to play a game, a demo that lasts twenty minutes, and then you go back to the media room to write your one and a half page blog post that no one's gonna read. <laughs> that is essentially saying the same thing that thousands of other writers are saying. Mm-hmm. So it's that churn was oh wow, Redstorm. Haven't seen their logo in a long time. They're the ones that did the PC version. We're playing the division, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's 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 crazy to me that kind of like Adam was saying, it took this long to realize that so much money was getting poured into something with so little return. But the blogs, the yeah, blogs. The blogs. <laughs> At the same time, though, uh, it used to be that was that was like the dues you paid. You went through that that grind mm-hmm. to prove that you could. Now it's just people can just sit in their apartments, watch the exact same briefings that all of us see, yeah. make their own make their own video where they're yelling at their webcam about how shitty. EA is, and then get a million views. Well, uh, our best example is what we're going to do this year, which oh yeah. is what we did last year, um, and it's still the highest viewed day in our channel's history, yeah. which is we sat around and watched the press conferences and made fun of them all day. I, I look at like, like I said, I enjoy that, and I actually enjoy the way we've been doing it the last few years better, where it's the, I like you can make a tweet, and you can be like, you know, like Ubisoft, really? Or you can be like, oh, more rabbits, and it would get like 4,000 retweets because everyone's watching it. Yeah, because everybody's You don't watching. need to like do a hashtag. It's just like everyone's eyes are on this, at least in our little world. And I like that. It is a spectacle. It is a day of. And I'm like, this is fun. These are fun days. You don't need to go. Go to PAX. Go to RTX. So, go yeah, to, go yeah. to those things where... Oh, late title card. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, go places where you can be around like-minded individuals and friends who enjoy the same sort of content and be able to hang out and enjoy the same sort of like world. E3, you go there and it's, like I said, it, it's it's the 75-year-old guy at like a, a, a Vegas strip club and he's like, this is cool, right? And you're like, ugh, everything's all dirty. <laughs> also, that's that's an interesting thing and I think it's largely a generational thing for, for us, I think, and for I think a lot of people that play games now. E3 used to be uh, a prestigious thing, being able to go, yeah. because it required it required an industry connection or a contest win, or of course. having a friend. Like there was, a, there were a lot of people got it was into also through back that. when you'd read about it in a magazine a month later. Yeah, uh, so I think to a lot of aspiring games media people, uh, going to E3 or being at E3 was kind of an ego fluff. Um, it was kind of a mark of of how far you've made it. Or whether or not you have made it. Until you meet the one guy who works at a GameStop or yeah. like Kmart Digital. He's like, like, oh yeah, I went to E3. Yeah, or, you're like, <laughs> or all the other people from your outlet that tagged along and didn't do jack shit Uh-oh. and took your spot in line. Uh-oh, Lawrence is getting upset. That's happened a lot. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, boy, it was real... <laughs> not naming names. Not naming names, but one year I like, I had a scheduled time Sorry, to play. Okay. <laughs> no, Adam! <laughs> I had a scheduled time to play a game, and someone else just kind of weaseled their way oh, in. Oh man, I, I bet I know who it was. And was on my fucking booth when I had to do it, because I had to write coverage of it, and I was just standing there staring at him. <laughs> like, dude! I bet I know um, who it was. And then, uh, and then I had another appointment, so I just wasn't able to do I it. Th- I may have told this story before. A similar thing, I think this was at PAX, though, and it was for Red Dead Redemption. And it was like, they were it was the first time I think like Rockstar was ever doing any sort of gameplay, and they're like, "Okay, your time is this. You have a session at this time." And this was back at the old job where pretty much anyone could say, "I work for Machinima," and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Good yeah, for yeah. you." And I remember we walked in as the other individual was walking out, and Rockstar looked at us and goes, "You, you guys were just here. Your name is on the list. Oh, it says you're here." And we're like, "What? No." And they're like, "What are you trying? You want to be banned from here?" And we're like, "Oh fuck, we pissed oh, off Rockstar." No. And I was like, "Yeah." I don't miss those days. A lot of dick moves at E3, that's for sure. <laughs> I met the Nintendo Muppets. Uh, huh? What? <laughs> what are the Nintendo Muppets? From Nintendo 
You don't remember? Nintendo press conference last year, they had a little Iwata, Reggie, and Miyamoto puppets. Oh, yeah. oh no, what did they do with the Iwata puppet? Burned <laughs> Oh, you made her sad. Oh, Damn. sorry. Uh, Happy Iwata. Women's dailies. <laughs> we'll get that NX out, at least. Promise. Yeah, don't yeah. Worry. it's coming out. Four Iwata. Theoretically, it's a, it's a console E3. Boy, I'm excited for that. I just Possibly. like seeing new hardware. Yeah, that, that is really fun. Well, yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah. The 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 VR thing is going to be a thing from Sony. I, like, That's I, true. I always like the big three, and then I like that Ubisoft and EA kind of punch it out now, and I'm like, That's always kind of fun. PC gaming has their own thing now. Yeah, but it, it's just weird because it's all it's all just digital. I'm like, it, it's kind of a weird thing where it is kind of everyone who took a page from Apple, where Apple is like, Here's the iPhone. It's going to revolutionize your life. By the way, it comes out in a week. And you're like, fuck! Yeah, that, oh, God! That's the way to do that. Yeah. That is exactly the way. And I'm sure, like, since Todd Howard had such success with that in Fallout 4 last year, I'm guessing there's going to be one or two big games that do the same thing this year. I, I hope. I hope. I don't know that for sure, but I'm, that's my guess. I mean, it so. seems now, and that, that's the other interesting transition that E3 has gone through. It has shifted from, here's everything we're working on that probably won't come out for another year and a half, to here's what's coming out this fall. Um, and even hardware's like that now. The the Xbox One and PS4 both debuted the E3 the same year they came out, well, which used to be unprecedented. It wasn't. Yeah, I mean, the Xbox had its own press event. Well, so did, they, so did so, Sony. Sony, Sony, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Xbox had their their media presentation first. It was all football, mm -hmm. and then at E3, yeah, they did the E3 thing. They did. They supposedly had their games reveal, and then PS4 also debuted. And yeah, yeah, yes. uh, to for sale four months later. Take that stool. Cool. Yeah, this is why I video game. <laughs> um. Lauren, should we do another ad read before sure. time is up? So this this podcast is also sponsored by Audible. Um, if you're listening on your device, Audible, you may consider Audible, so you can listen to something smart instead of us. Um, <clears throat> actually, so Audible's cool, and I don't think a lot of people understand this. It's a subscription service, but it's kind of like a Kindle subscription service where you actually get to you get a token for like a book that you then own mm -hmm. every month. And it also has a really generous return policy. They call it the Great Listen Guarantee. So if you decide you don't like the book you choose, you can just return it. And the, con the concept of returns for digital goods is kind of weird, but here we are. Uh, you know, hey, it's 2016. Uh, my girlfriend's actually been listening to, what is it, 112263? 11, mm -hmm. 11, I've, I've read that, yeah. Oh, I just finished it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, good. Whenever, whenever I'm in the car with her, I get, I get weird chunks of it. And yeah, it's really, really good. Um, Surprisingly profound and emotional for something that and this is kind of Stephen King's calling card He finds a way to to make a story both fantastic and supernatural But also extremely human and touching at the same time. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, Dark Tower just got cast good time to catch up Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm actually picking up gunslinger uh, again. Nice so on audible. Yep. Yeah, so Most definitely you want to if you, if you want to catch up on gunslinger and the the multitude of other book to book to movie adaptations so you can you can have an ever-so-biting opinion at, at your next house party or whatever about the quality of trans- I don't even know. Uh, if you want to be that guy or gal, check out Audible. It's a cheap way to, to bone up on all your books. Uh, please go to audible.com slash dudesoup for a free 30-day trial. Once again, that's audible.com slash dudesoup. Um, you know, if you commute, fantastic choice. Totally. You can get cultured. Mm -hmm. yep. So thank you, Audible, for sponsoring this podcast. Thanks, Audible. So, uh, for you guys, going back to the previous discussion, <laughs> And we did into the list a little bit, but what are some of your favorite E3 memories now that it seems like the show as it is is starting to fade away? Favorite E3 memories? Mm. Oh boy. I got to talk to Suda51. I got to touch him. That felt good. That's weird. I like him. I, uh, I, think, I think I hung out with him in the back of a school bus. Cool. <laughs> I, took a, I took a piss next to... Let's see here. 
This is the same E3. I took a piss next to Shigeru Miyamoto. <gasps> Me too. And uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, at the same, like they were flanking you? Uh, no, they weren't. It wasn't oh, the same piss. Two different pisses. Two different pisses. Okay. Yeah. Um, Gosh, how amazing! Uh, it was really amazing. Did that, Miyamoto uh, like bow to the urinal after he was done? <laughs> no, but I did lean over and say, "I love Mario." Yeah. And no, he's like, I, I didn't and he, do and that. And he said, "Sir, I don't speak English." <laughs> In English, no, yeah, 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 really yeah, weird. No, he did not want to talk to you. <laughs> You're my childhood, and he's like, "Fuck right off." <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm. I've accomplished more than you ever will. I have a lot of other really bad stories. E3 is kind of a shit show. Like personal stories that I shouldn't tell. Oh goodness. Oh. Um, can you can you clean any of them? I'm, I'm trying to think if I can. Uh. Not good. Gosh, there's so many bad ones. Um, hold on, come back to me. Okay, I'll take a pass. I'll take a pass. I, my, I think my experience was different than most because I kind of I grinded my way through my way up through the bottom. Not 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 to like pat myself on the back, but so I did, think. So did we. Well, yeah, yeah, but you guys you guys were typically associated with video outlets, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, but that doesn't mean uh, we didn't start from the very bottom with those videos. Well, well, sure, but even still, I think there's an entire level of E3 that you guys got to skip over. Oh, right? I see what you're I think Being I, in the media room with everybody else with their stupid laptops. I, I media room. Dudes, like, dudes waddling up to the table and grabbing seven lunches and just walking back, <laughs> eating the cookie out of all of them and then throwing the rest away. I, I legit saw that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. Those were my cookies. I, I know. And I then, was gonna do that. And, <laughs> and then especially like God in the in the in the media room, everybody with that self-affected, jaded mentality of like, ah, all these stupid games, right? God, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, I know. It, it is really dumb. Like, why do we even do this? And it's like, so go home. Try innovating once or twice. You hate video games, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's more gun games this year, huh? Please, stupid. <laughs> Hate all this shit. I'm just so over it. Um, that was always my favorite. This guy writing for GameZone dash blog dot zone. <laughs> Alright, buddy. Uh, well, I, I think I may have told this story before, but um, my first E3, I snuck in. Oh yeah, you did tell. Yeah, this is yeah, a great story. Because I was underage, yeah. and my friend's dad did the lighting. What the fuck am I dying? Um, Flashbang? I don't know. Um, and it was a great fucking year because it was it was still small, and it was like it, there were like almost no lines for anything. There was like a few, but like. I remember I got to see the Halo 2 demo, oh. um, the Half-Life 2 demo, oh. uh, and the Unreal 3 engine reveal. Wow. And I was like, good year. That's a good year. Good wow. year to go. And didn't have to work. Just kind of snuck in. And like, it was kind of cool. I was like, this is, this is a neat place. This is fun. And then um, I went a couple years later. I was starting to work in the industry. I had finished my time at G4, um, and then I was, uh, it was just like a PA. I was just running around, like basically filling out... Um, Release forms, that kind of sucked. I uh, didn't get to have any fun. Basically, yeah. it was just it was just work the entire time. Didn't get to play any games. If I even looked at a game, I got yelled at. They were really? Like, oh yeah, yeah. They were like, like, like you are working. Well, you are not. See, there's, that no, was, there's no fun here. That was common for G4. So like, I never got to walk the floor ever. Um, I, I was stuck to their booth the entire time when oh, we were producing. Geez. Or like a truck or something. Um, which was uh, it, to to be honest with you, like towards the end of G4 when we got. We, we used to get really good at game exclusives. They would bring the game to us, and we would so I get to see it, and that was fucking awesome. Um, a good a good example of that is uh, when the year it was this year before Old Republic came out. I think um, they brought fucking I had to produce this segment. They have they brought eight PCs, and they they wanted them all connected to the internet at E3 wired, and then they were going to put eight people on them. We we're going to all and they were, everybody's going to play. Play, play which game, um, sorry? The Old Republic. Oh, okay. And, Holy shit. Uh, yeah, and uh, which is that what E3 like six years in a row. Yeah, yeah. right. Pretty well, bad. This is finally that one trailer the, was cool though. Yeah, no, right. This is finally because I was stoked on this game. This yeah. is finally the year that everybody was like, we could actually play the game. Um, and 
you know, getting rid of all the other bullshit I had to deal with once we once we get it all set up and stuff like that. Uh, I actually got to play Old Republic at the G4 booth on the like on the E3 show, show floor for the first time. I was one of the first people who got to play it, nice. and it was it blew me away. Like I mean, like it was one of those things that like I played for a little bit. I was like, oh fuck yeah, that's, that's right, it's an MMO. But at the same time, it was just really cool to do that at E3. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. That was that was, and then you know, it was one of those things you're like, I can't believe I'm living the life I live. You know. Ah. <laughs> Um, I do remember uh, this was a like kind of a post E three moment, but that same year, that first year I went. Do you remember the uh, the Nyko um, like game handheld the game handheld? Yeah, it was Nyko. I forget what it was called. It was like oh. well, Nyko booths are always awesome. Wait, no, I'm sorry, not Nyko. Um, oh. Engage. Engage. Oh, Nokia. 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 Engage. I remember I didn't have a VIP uh, tag or whatever, but I remember there was like a close off area guy in a suit, and it was for the Engage. I'm like, oh, can we go check it out? And you go. <laughs> VIP only. <laughs> and then I remember we came in a year later. I was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, I know Engage is garbage. <laughs> that it guy's like digging through a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> you got an Engage? <laughs> it was total garbage, man. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. So that's anyway. that's I'll, something that I I will kind of miss is the the haughty pomp and circumstance, mm -hmm. especially from companies that you know are not going to be there in three years. Maybe I was at that booth once, but. <laughs> Uh, it's just funny to walk around and, and see the fuck you attitude of what amounts to like high school popularity contests. Yeah, yeah. I recall um, worse. Yeah. yeah well, there were their conversations like how big is their booth make ours bigger and like willing to cut the biggest check to add six inches onto your stupid booth. So it's the tallest one in the room. Mm -hmm. That's a real sound. thing. That's no, people no. competing with money in uh, space. And the sounds it's really a, bad. Yeah, into your fucking job. It's just money fights. It's it's absurd. Uh, but I, I kind of thought that's one of those other things, like, I can't believe I'm here moments, because... I you know, I've talked about this before, but to me, gaming was always a solitary thing I did in my bedroom. And then to get to... Get, to be in a room where people are having money fights, mm -hmm. purely based on ego, sort of adjacent to video games, is to me the, just the weirdest thing. Mm -hmm. Just the weirdest thing. Yeah. There's no room... There was never room for ego when it came to games. I was lucky enough to find somebody who owned a Super Nintendo so we could talk about it. Yeah. It's a business. And yeah. that's, and that's one of those things that, like, I realized very, very soon... Uh, when I first started at G4 and I got to go like I mean like it's weird to think because this is probably gonna be the first year We don't go um, And like I'll this be living near it. Yeah, well, that's true But you like you won't have to go you yeah. know you won't be required to go Gotta and go to those parties and uh, yeah, the parties exist But I mean like yeah. but in terms of the e3 show floor we may not have to go and work it which is crazy That'll be the this will be the first e3 in geez, uh, Nine years ten years that I haven't been to um, Which is kind of great I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to watching the press conferences here with you guys and just sticking around. Well, just going back to what I was saying earlier, like being kind of surprised that E3 hasn't evolved. Things like PAX and Gamescom and other... like Gamescom is probably the closest thing to E3, but even that's evolved, where half of it's a consumer show and then half of it's GDC. And so it's like, you got your game developers over here and you can do your shit over here, but then also over here it's fun and it's like kind of community and like it's a little, you know, a little crazy and it's, it's big and you can walk around. It's more of an actual show floor, whereas E3 is just like, fuck me, I can't see anything. <laughs> like, you want to see Battlefront? You cannot see Battlefront. Yeah, no, I know. And then just kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Pa PAX and RTX are the future. Like, that's the, that's the future of kind of convention. The, the fan-forward convention. Yes. yes. Yeah. The, 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 uh, I mean, even, I, there are things I like about GDC, because they have the GDC talks. And it'll be a game developer going up on stage and talking for like, an hour and a half about like how he made a helmet and, in Destiny. And I'm yeah. like, that's The cool. actual nuts and bolts of their job. Yeah, it's yeah, very, very informational. And that's, I like that because, like, Valve goes there, and that's where they show off their stuff. And, like, it's, it's much more developer-focused. Mm -hmm. And I dig that. Whereas E3 is just it's pure consumption, yeah. and it, it's, it's like Sodom and Gomorrah just in one. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but whatever. Who cares? I'm, I'm kind of hoping... 
I mean, I, I think I think being more fan facing, especially oh, especially with how uh, companies decide to spend their money, is a great great trend. Um, there's no reason to to like add a barrier to that access, especially now. What I'm kind of hoping in in years to come is that E3 will be it'll be a place. Man, maybe it'll even all be pre-produced, but maybe E3 as an entity can uh, organize it all, stage the productions of it, produce all of it, and then essentially you have each publisher putting together these pre-produced kind of like a Nintendo Direct reel of all the games coming out, and part of that will be, by the way, these two games, we have demos for them, go to this website, fill out a survey, you can play the demo right now. Yeah. All of you. Yeah. Um, instead, of, instead of just trusting for an arbitrarily decided elite with that information and then having them tell you what it's like. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I would really love that. And and it's already kind of getting that way. Last year's E3, I can't remember, there were a couple of games that were like that. Uh, oh, I mean, it was really minor, but Capcom put out Dead Rising DLC, and they were like, "We, it's out today. Go go buy it and play it. Mm -hmm. so cool. More of that stuff would be awesome. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, everybody getting to experience something. Well, it's, it's this funny thing where, going back to like the end gauge thing, it's funny how much work and effort goes into these things, these products and these sort of ideas, and then how much secrecy is behind it. And then when it's out, they're like, please play our thing. Yeah, no. Please, oh, hello. We, we should never have kept it a secret. Yeah. We apologize. It's, I, it's total garbage. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> please, the engage, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm talking about the engage. Yeah. That was a big old joke for like, for honestly, for like two years because... They they pimped it out so hard. Yeah. And like it was like this is gonna be the future of gaming. Yeah. And then it came out and I was like, what the fuck controller is this? Yeah, like no. nobody knew how to play it. Well then they're like, um side talking. Would, well, would you like to switch out a game? Oh, just unscrew the back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I have to unscrew it if I want to play <laughs> shitty Tony Hawk. <laughs> you sure do. And then Nokia went, Oh, yeah. we're bankrupt. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Please buy our boat. Why? What were we thinking? Uh, okay. Hopefully we can compete with the Gizmodo, Gizmondo or whatever. Oh, the Gizmondo. Uh, Man, good for you on them remembering yeah. all these garbage uh, things. <laughs> There's a lot of garbage. I know, there really is. Uh, watching um, a show I highly recommend, uh, Halt and Catch Fire, mm. you kind of see, it's like a, um, a sort of like, you see every side of the industry sort of thing. Fuck it, Dad. Um, it, it is sort of like a Steve Jobs, uh, Steve Wozniak sort of relationship in the show. And you kind of see the hype man versus the guy who actually knows what he's talking about. Hmm. But since he's an engineer, he has no people skills. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it is, you see things like that with like the end gauge. With like, or even Silicon Valley. It's kind of that way. Silicon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Silicon Valley is kind of the more, it's almost a little too real sometimes. Yeah. Um, Holt like and Kid Catch, Rock. Holt and Catch Fires, it is real, but it has kind of a Mad Men mm. quality to it that I really like. Um, and Wherever it's there's 80s, money. 80s themed I really like mm -hmm. there was a scene I liked it um, I think it's at the the last episode and the character uh, Lee whoever Lee Pace plays he's the guy from Pushing Daisies but he walks in on like the, the unveiling of the Macintosh and he goes like hello I am Macintosh and he's like crying and it's like this religious experience and I'm like oh that's kind of cool huh. I was like kind of showing off the cult of Apple like early oh, on oh, I was yeah, like okay. that's neat mm -hmm. like I like that it's, it's a good show I, like I do want to watch it yeah Please I'll do. check it out I mean yeah. I know I've been talking because I finally watched it on an airplane <laughs> airplane man we Airplane, I've consumed most most TV and movies on an airplane yep. lately. Which is another another banner feature of YouTube Red. Not the best. <laughs> but we already saw this. You one. did watch all of Ruby, basically. I'm almost done with season one. Nice. So I'm, I'm catching up. I need uh, next flight to Austin, probably knock out seasons one and two. Look at this idiot fight happening right now. Right, we, <laughs> we made it to the end of the podcast. We made it. We made it. We made it. We made right. it. We Congratulations, got, everybody. I want to thank our guest, uh, guest Jeff, for uh, our guest. <laughs> I, I heard that slip. That was Freudian. Whatever. <laughs>
<laughs> Love you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff, for coming all the way out here to say two words. No, that's not why he's he's here for a meeting. He, oh, doesn't, really? he doesn't care about us. Okay. He's he finished following. He's a real gamer. Uh, he's gone. He left. Oh, okay. He was there like five minutes ago. <laughs> that so. that's uh, I might continue playing the division. I don't know. We'll it looks see. like fun. It is. We yeah. might play it together for a co-op. <gasps> oh shit. Yeah. yeah, we actually you got to play it. Hey, we got to review it. After Super Hot, people like us playing uh, fun games. Apparently, yeah. weird. All right, thanks That's for listening, neat. everybody. Bye bye. Thank you.